Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We're going to get to power rankings. Little truncated version today. Mm. No need to rank 10 teams in the NFL. We'll do five. Uh, the you don't four have the Steelers remaining, at 10, 6, 7, 8, I 9. I don't like you do. I just went 10, 6, 7, 8, 9. Did you hear that? I tried to ignore it to save your face, but you wanted to bring it back up. Yeah, we'll go one through five, have a team on the outside looking in that got eliminated this past weekend, and then rank the four remaining teams. But before we get to that point, I uh, did want to you know share some thoughts that we had about the divisional round. Also wanted to talk about Rodgers and Brady, though. Because those two are going to dominate the offseason conversation nationally when it comes to the NFL. The will they, won't they, where will they, if they do decide to play, narratives are going to be running wild, brother. And I got to be honest with you, a little sick of it already. Rodgers, I'm looking at a headline right now on ESPN. Rodgers opened a reworking deal if he decides to play in 2023. Well, that's just great, Aaron. Like, I, I'm sure the Packers fans have gotten to this point a lot earlier than I have. Okay. But the holding hostage of that organization almost every single offseason now with Rodgers is right. just getting to the point where it's enough already. And it's also getting to the point where I think more and more people are starting to come around to, you know what? The Packers didn't do a terrible job surrounding you with talent. Like, you should have won more because you're Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. He, he has this very easy... Uh, deflecting way about him where it's always on the Packers for not giving him the weapon. No, it's never his fault. It's never his fault. We need a better running game. We need more weapons. It's not his fault. It's never his fault. And then he goes into off seasons and he's like, I don't know if I want to come back. Or goes not. on the McAfee yeah, show and is yeah, as vague I'm as done. ever. Maybe, right. maybe I'll do some more ayahuasca and trip my mind out in the off season. Like, I don't know if I'm a Packer or not. I could rework that deal. Yeah, maybe you give me even more money than the $50 million that you gave me already. Give well, me money. But, like, it comes to the point now where it's, dude, you had Devontae Adams. You had, they built up an incredible one-two punch in the backfield with Dylan and Jones. You had Bakhtiari. I know he was hurt last year, but you had him this year playing for you. One of the best left tackles in football. They built up that defense immensely through the draft uh, over the past couple years. Like, really, the only misstep that they've taken is drafting Jordan Love in the first round. That's Mm -hmm. really the only one that I go to, and I'm like, they didn't help out Rodgers at all with that pick. 
drafting defensive players is helping you out because you're the offense, Aaron. Mm -hmm. We don't need to go out and get receiver after receiver after receiver because you have Adams and you'll make anybody else below Adams better. So you're the guy offensively. So we're going to pick Jair Alexander, right. and we're going to pick defensive players up in free agency and via the draft to help that side of the ball out so that you, a Greek god at quarterback who's supposed to score 28-plus points a game, only has to score 20 points a game, and we can win football games because our defense is so good. Like, I'm sick of this narrative that the Packers to him are like the Lions to Stafford, where mm -hmm. they just completely were abandoning him as far as team building is concerned. Could they have picked another wide receiver in a second round here or there? Of course. They didn't. They chose to go elsewhere. Tough nuts. You're Aaron Rodgers. You still have one of the best receivers in football. Go win football games. Like, I'm sick of him getting to skate and, oh, he's just done so hard by the Packers. The Packers don't help him at all. And then turn around in the offseason and just be a complete jerk to that organization, mm -hmm. leave them completely in the dark, and make their life a lot harder to build teams around you because they don't know if you're going to be there and they don't know how much money they're going to have to pay you to keep you if you do want to stay there. I know this is a move they would never make because the temptation of him being there, and I think he still is a top-five quarterback play-wise, I would just let him go if I were the Packers. Mm -hmm. Like I would just be like, we're done with you, dude. Like go Go play for the Jets. And I saw Peter King had a report that the Jets were thinking about a couple first-round picks to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. And he, Peter King thinks Woody Johnson of the Jets would make that deal. If I'm the Packers, I'm calling the Jets. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm on the phone. is that deal for real? Because I'm taking it. You know what? How about a first-round pick and a second-round pick? You don't even have to have the two first-round picks. Like, that's how bad I would just kind of want to move on from that guy as that organization. Because what has he done for you mm -hmm. ever since he beat the Steelers in 2011? Fallen short of the big game every year, if that, it's not worth the headaches, I don't think, anymore. No, I'm I'm with you. And <clears throat> the team as a whole, the Packers, have been doing the right thing overall. I think I agree with you there, too, that the only pick that you kind of look at and say, well, you weren't really doing the right thing when you picked up uh, Jordan Love there. But on defense, they were adding players, uh, Jari Alexander, uh Zedaria Smith, while he was still there. They picked A.J. Dillon to have a, right. a they, they, one-two punch in the backfield. Right, they got rid of Jamal Williams, but they brought in A.J. Dillon to fill that hole to pair along with Aaron Jones. I mean, yeah, you lost Devontae Adams, but if Aaron Rodgers is really that good enough, that he can elevate guys like Christian Watson, which he did. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Like, yeah, you move on from Devontae Adams, and people are like, oh, you should have taken a, a wide receiver with such a loaded class in the first round. Well, Christian Watson in the second round was the top five rookie wide receiver this year, wouldn't mm -hmm. you say? I mean, he has emerged as a player in that yeah, class. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be really wide good. receiver number one moving forward for that team. Yeah, or a very good number two if they do go out and get right. somebody, but they're not going to because they don't even know who's going to play quarterback this year right. because he's open to reworking his deal and come back. He's open to conversations. Right. All right, thanks, Aaron. And then on the other side, you got Tom Brady, who's just lashing out kind of ridiculously, I think, on the Jim Gray podcast that he does, saying, you know, like, if I effing knew, I would made up my effing and effing this and effing that, and it's just like, okay, Brady, we get it. You like to say the F word a lot. You have your LFG, you're, you're you have awesome. your LFG thing and your, your you're LG. Awesome. But again, it's just, why can't this guy just retire? I mean, I, right. personally, I think he had the storybook ending. You beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You walk off as the GOAT undisputed you still are undisputed to go but 
You know what I mean? Like your seventh, sure. your seventh rings on your finger. You just won a ring for the Buccaneers. You know, you've done it at two different organizations now as the reason why those two are like, it wasn't like Peyton Manning in Denver where he won it there because their defense was so great. He was the reason why the Buccaneers won that right. Super Bowl. Do the Elway thing. Do the Manning thing. Walk off that field as a Super Bowl champion as your last moment. Okay, he decides to come back. Can't blame him for that decision because they were really good last year. Went to the divisional round. Lost to the Rams in a really good game. Stafford made a hell of a throw to beat the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. It happens. You lose to good teams. But I just don't see... like. So he goes Super Bowl, then he goes divisional round, then he goes loses on wild card weekend. I just see that it keep going in that direction instead of snapping out of it no matter where he is and going to the Super Bowl next year and, and getting back to that side of things. Does he go back to Tampa? Does he go to Vegas maybe to play for Josh McDaniels and the Raiders? I don't know. Either way, though, I think that he is so stuck with cement feet right now at age 45 your offense has to be a quick-hitting, get-the-ball-out-quick offense, and I just don't know if you win as much these days with that kind of offense. So I I just want this guy to hang it up, and I don't think— You just now, want him out of your <coughs> eyesight, really. Kind of, and at the same, and for his sake now, too, because I think he's only going to get worse. His days of winning Super Bowls, I'm going to say this. <laughs> they're done. I'm going to say it. They're done. He's not going to win another Super Bowl again. Just move on, and it kind of sucks because he kind of completely wrecked his off-the-field life right before the season. To play more. Yeah, and I don't know if that's the best idea for him, but hes I don't think there's any doubt in my mind he's back next year, do you? In Tampa? NFL, in the NFL he's playing. Oof. I think he's playing next year somewhere. Yeah, oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I To me, there's no doubt that he won't be back in Tampa, but also there's very little doubt that he'll retire. Right? Yeah, this is not, actually his he's last not season. <clears throat> Where he'll play, I have no idea. I assume it won't be Tampa, though. I think Tampa's the betting favorite for him to return really? right now. Yeah. I I see. You fire the OC. They did. Already. A year. As I was saying, you fire the OC the year after you switched head coaches. I don't know, man. I see him maybe the Raiders seem like an attractive spot to me because they'll sign Josh Jacobs and they'll have Devontae Adams and you know McDaniel's extremely well. So I just I think that that kind of is a not match made in heaven, but one that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. I saw a rumor too that McDaniel's and Carr didn't jive this year because Carr didn't like McDaniel's like hardcore attitude of coaching, like tough coaching. Derek Carr seems soft, first of all, as a as a player and even as a person. I mean, he's crying in press conferences all the time. But Brady thrives in that stuff, and that's, I think, why Brady and McDaniels had such a great marriage forever in, in New England. I see Vegas as the most likely landing spot outside of Tampa because of the McDaniels connection and because of the weaponry that that team has on offense. You know, like, he can age gracefully there with an Adams and a Renfro. Oh, I didn't even think about a Renfro. I mean, he loves guys like that. And mm-hmm. a Waller, have his tight end back. It seems like a very good fit for him at age 46, doesn't it? The Raiders. Yeah, and it's just an easy place to play, right? He hasn't he doesn't have to go back up north, play in the snow in New England in November, December. He's playing in the west, right? He's playing in a dome. Yeah, the worst he gets is having to go to Denver maybe in December or Kansas City in December, you know? it's It's not a lot of travel time nope. for him. I mean, you you will have to, but 
It's not like you're playing half your games he outside was in Vegas. of the cold. Uh, he's right? a exactly. single guy now, living up in Vegas as a bachelor. I mean, it just makes a lot of sense to me. All right, before we get to our power rankings, our top five, just some quick thoughts from the divisional round. Uh, we got to start with the Cowboys first because I don't know what they do now as a team where Zeke, I think, is done, right? Yeah, I think he's played his last game as a Cowboy. In Dallas. Yeah, and honestly, I think he's done as a player anyway. He'll, he'll probably sign somewhere, but he's just not effective anymore. I feel so bad for Tony Pollard for breaking his leg. Now he enters right. a contract year. He's a free agent. That cost him millions of dollars. Just the fact that he is now going to have to spend all offseason rehabbing. Teams aren't going to want to break the bank for him like they might have because how can you trust a running back to have as good of breakaway speed after breaking a leg right. like he did? So tough break for him in that game. But the toughest break is for the Cowboys organization and how they have so much money tied up into Dak Prescott. Dak. And he just ain't the guy. Well, here's the thing, Tom. I, we talked in a previous episode tying all your money into by the Browns into Deshaun Watson, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. I didn't blame the Cowboys for doing what they did, giving that contract to Dak. In hindsight, now it looks like a really bad deal because the guy is a problem for that team. He can't protect the ball as well as most, and he can't. He just can't win. He doesn't throw those interceptions. Right. Like he doesn't even have to throw any more touchdowns, and they probably win that game. It was just the bad turnovers, and the first one was egregiously bad. I mean, the safety or the corner was sitting in front of, I believe it was Michael Gallup, before the ball was even thrown towards Michael Gallup. Right. Like he didn't even like jump the route. Uh, it was a terrible pass. It, the, the defender was running the route, essentially, is what happened. Yes, and yeah. then the one that Fred Warner picked him off on, uh, he just threw it into tight well, double coverage. Fred like, Warner is a incredible Best player. linebacker in yeah. football right now. But at the same time, like, Jacob, why was he throwing in that window? Like, it, yeah, Warner made the play, but you should see that he he's – in coverage perfectly, and there's just no reason to throw that ball into that tight window down into San Francisco territory where, yeah, you throw it away a couple times, you're still kicking a field goal and walking away in a game where points were at a premium. So he made some very dumb decisions, and when the Niners had to punt, like when Elijah Mitchell ran out of bounds like a bonehead and extended mm -hmm. the game, gave Dallas a last chance, I still wasn't worried if I was a Niners fan because I was no. like, there's just no way Dak does this. Exactly. I could no not chance. have agreed more. There's even as a even as an unbiased fan, maybe just, you could say I'm slightly no biased because you don't want to root I was for like, the just Cowboys. Punt it back. There's no way he does this. I was in no way saying, Oh man, like could this be a game? Could this be a problem? And now for the second year in a row, the Cowboys have crowned themselves as the dumbest team on a in a playoff game running that final play of the season, right? Remember a year ago. Their final play was Dak QB sneaking it up the middle for like a 23-yard gain, 25-yard gain, but sliding like five yards too late, letting that clock run down. They couldn't get another playoff. And, and now you had this one, which was just... I mean, Zeke played center. Yeah. It's a And people race. bring up the point, oh, we want to have him play center so that he can receive the lateral. No, or stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Those plays never work anyway, so just do a normal hook and ladder. Yeah, don't right. don't add embarrassment to it because you ain't getting to the end zone anyway. Because this is what happened. They just push right past Zeke. Yeah, well, the biggest problem too, not the biggest problem, but the biggest problem I'd have as a coach on that last drive is Dalton Schultz's laziness and yeah, not absolutely. understanding the rules. Uh, you get pushed out of bounds going backwards so the clock keeps running. Continues and that screws to run, us over. right. 
Then you make a catch where it was probably about like the 40, 42 yard line. If you look at the camera before they realize, Greg Olson pointed out first, and then they reviewed it to show that Schultz was lazy and didn't get his right foot down. You look at the sidelines when the Cowboys are running up to the ball, and Dak's like giving the thumbs up, giving the thumbs up, like I can get it to the end zone from here. Like I have enough arm strength. Right. They were going to get a Hail Mary off if Schultz would have just dragged his right foot down. So that's as comedically inept it looked for them on that last play. The real joke of a play was Schultz not dragging that foot down because then I think you actually do get the the lottery tickets chance of throwing sure. a Hail Mary into the end zone if he does that there. But just a comedy of errors all around for the Cowboys. It's which is a how comedy like of errors Cowboys of a franchise, game. right. And that's the other thing I'm glad you brought up. It is a joke of a franchise now. Now. 30 years. Yeah. They've won like three playoff games in 30 years. The Jags have been to more championship games than they have. The Jets have been to more well, championship games that? than they have. Well, did you see that? 1996 was the last time they went there. There are 32 teams currently in the NFL. 26 of them have been to a conference championship game since the Cowboys last one in 1996. They are really one of the more sorry franchises of the past three decades in the NFL, yet their PR is out of control. They always lead first take. They're the most important thing. Oh, always. With the Cowboys? Always. Cowboys, 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 Cowboys. And it's just so unwarranted now, especially after, you know, this adds more fuel to that fire, losing this game, a game that was very winnable, and yet again falling short of a conference championship game. It'll never stop the way that we treat the Cowboys, but it's becoming more and more of a joke as they slip further and further towards the Jags and the Browns and the Panthers and the Lions end of the spectrum as opposed to where we perceive them to be, which is one of the still premier franchises in football. Right. In that Jaguars game, do you think they win if Agnew doesn't fumble? I think if they don't, <clears throat> if he doesn't fumble on that, uh, what was the other play that you and I were discussing off air? The, there was the fumble. Trevor did throw an interception, too, in the next drive. Right, but, but that, that was, was a, really a hell of, a, of an athletic play by Trevor. And then the Christian Kirk drop pass. Yep. That came much earlier. You mean the overthrow, according to Chris Collinsworth. Anyone who Trevor puts, Lawrence anyone who puts the blame on Trevor Lawrence on that play, the Agnew I don't know how really you can. Well, him, the Agnew one came late They're in the get game. No matter what, in that drive, they were down by ten. It was a one-score game after that. No matter what, it was only five and a half minutes left in the game. But all and, three timeouts, so you right? Were good and there. you saw. I mean, <clears throat> sure, the circumstances were different, but the Chiefs went three and out that next drive, and then the next drive they got one first down, and then. Three and out after that first first. His down. leg was getting worse as the game went on. Yeah, right. And, the, and it will get. It, it's going. Like that's an injury. I think you said Prasuda brought it up on the morning show. Mark brought it up on the podcast that we did yesterday. Like once you take the shoe off, once that thing starts to swell swells up, swells up. Yep. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is when that's really starting to gonna gonna start to hurt. Um. So yeah, as the game went on, he was getting more hobbled by it. I think the Jags had a good chance to stop them on that next possession and get the ball back. And, you know, it would be crazy if they pull off that win <clears throat> and we'd be talking about the Jaguars potentially taking down the Bengals just like we were talking about the Bengals potentially taking down Mahomes last year. But I think we would have probably been like, there's no way the Jags are beating the Bengals in Cincinnati. Right. <laughs> I mean, we were doing that. We were doing that last year for the Bengals and the Chiefs. There's no way the Bengals go into Kansas City and beat Mahomes. The Bengals and the Bills game and the Giants and the Eagles game were just two teams that were in control from start to finish. I mean, Eagles more so than the Bengals, of course, but uh, those two teams just hit the ground running in that game. And 
There was never a moment at all in the Giants-Eagles game that you thought the Giants were threatening. Never. And even though I think, you know, it was 17-7 to at one point in the Bills-Bengals, so, like, you were kind of like, maybe it, they were in control the whole time. Right. Like they and were same, with, no, same with the Dallas game. I mean, even though that game was the closest of all of them, I don't know if the Niners were in control of that one more than the I just Cowboys, trusted just the Niners. I just trusted the Niners more than I did the Cowboys. Yeah, and there was a point control. in the third quarter where I was like, they're not going to score a touchdown on the Niners. Right. They're going to have to win via field goals because they're not going to be and able to get the You ball weren't ball. even confident they could do that with, with Marr. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Power Rankings. Power Rankings for Wednesday. Only going to have a top five today. It's fair. Because there's no point in ranking teams that are dead and gone. Dead and gone. Dead, dead and gone. All right. Number five for me. For you? Team right on the outside. I'm going to put the Buffalo Bills there. Tom, I also have the Buffalo Bills in my number five. They didn't look great, obviously, in mm-hmm. Miami's the Miami game and Wild Card Weekend. Kind of puts things into perspective. Not so much like Bengals. Not so much like, oh, the Bills pulled off a really good win. Let's let's see how they can do against Cincinnati. It's they were struggling against yeah. Skylar Thompson and then got Controlled thrown to the, by the side Bengals. by Joe Burrow. Yeah, so, uh, but as far as, you know, the teams that were eliminated, if they had to play them all, I would pick the Bills to win those games. Maybe The Jags were really the only other one that I was like, well, maybe they're number five as far as the teams that got bounced because even though Mahomes got hurt, that's still a hell of an effort in Kansas City by a young team and a young quarterback. And a hell of a. First-year coach-quarterback marriage with Peterson and Lawrence. Futures are extremely bright there for them. Uh, but Cowboys were so embarrassing. The Giants just were clearly the team that didn't belong the most in divisional round weekend so i gotta put the bills there even though they got embarrassed kind of i'm fine with putting them there too just by the process of elimination exactly they didn't do it based on their own merits no they just sucked the least no all right number four i know i okay go ahead i put the san francisco 49ers oh i put the kansas city chiefs they're my number three is your number three? No. Wow. I see the Niners still didn't look that impressive to me. And I think what you saw was a Cowboys defensive front that is really good at getting after the quarterback. And it gave Purdy a lot of problems because that's a tough thing right. for a rookie to deal with. Is we've said he's great at getting away from pressure, but consistent pressure from superstar level players is just it's impossible, especially as a quarterback, his mm-hmm. age and Demeanor is concerned. It only gets tougher this week for him now. The best yeah, you're going up against pass rush in the history mm-hmm. of the NFL, you can argue. One of them, for sure. And I mean, they finished with the third most sacks all time since since guys. they started being recorded in 82. It's like five different guys on the defensive line. They rotate in. Like, Robert Quinn comes off of the bench. Right. Like it's, it's, they have four guys with double-digit sacks. It's insanity. And I think I, I'd be worried if I was Purdy this week against them, but... The Niners just looked like a team that was finally playing with Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback against Dallas. Yeah. 
So you start to, you know, see that crystal carriage turn a little shade of orange. I think it's going to turn into a pumpkin completely this week. And I, that's why I got the Niners as my fourth. It's team. just can that Niners D step up against the Philadelphia Philly offense? That's the key, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that they'll do better than the Giants did. But that's a damn good offense to keep it's off the board. It's a damn good defense, though. But it's not. I don't see them keeping them off the board like Dallas, like not letting them in the end zone. Like, Philly's going to score a touchdown against them. Yeah. All right, so my number four team I, I mentioned was the City. Chiefs, and I think it's fair because in their playoff game, didn't really wow you. Even when Mahomes was playing, didn't really wow you. It was close. Jacksonville scored first in that game, keep in mind. And moving forward, so you got to I, I kind of weighed, you know, the, the performance from this past week with the chances of next week. And I wasn't moving ahead with Mahomes' injury and playing Cincinnati again. I don't know if I'm in love with this Kansas City team moving forward for this round, right? For this injury, round. though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has everything? Sorry, I, I, I mentioned that the Jaguars scored first. They, they didn't, but it was still close they in that first it was half. Seven, they, right? They responded right away, but on that very next drive. However, that's kind of why I have the Chiefs at three too. Just. That injury just why are they at four? Right, but I'm just okay. Saying, okay, like, okay. That's you why have them not higher for me either. I like, don't know if a hobbled Mahomes, even in Kansas City, can beat a full fledged offense in Cincinnati. Okay, well, we saw a full fledged Patrick Mahomes go up against Joe Burrow three times already and lose. Exactly. So how is and, the injured version? And do some much of those better? came in Kansas City also. And again, we've mentioned how the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati is so good at playing elite quarterbacks, uh-huh. and now he's playing one-on-one Lamar. So right. it's going to be tough for the Chiefs. The Chiefs' offense is going to have a tough day this day. I agree. Uh, I mean, last you, week, Mahomes threw, what, 30-some passes? I think as a team, as a team, the Chiefs, with Chad Henney playing, the team threw 37 passes, and Travis Kelsey finished that day with, uh, 17 targets. So <laughs> he had 17 targets, and the rest of the team had 20. And contrary to popular belief, uh, you know the Bengals, they're going to want Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball in this game, right. which is weird to say when you're taking on the Chiefs. But like, they're going to want to stop Pacheco early uh-huh. to force him to pe- drop back and play pass. on his feet a little bit Absolutely. more. Yeah. And Hendrickson and Hubbard are really good pass rushers. They are. So they're they're going to get pressure to Mahomes for sure. He, as you said, you know, they can the Cincinnati defense can kind of shut down a big target. If take Travis Kelsey out of the equation, what got? right? All right, so your number three team. My number three team is the Bengals. Okay, I got the Bengals there, uh, just because I think they have a little bit more holes than the Eagles and the Niners do. However, the one area where they don't have the hole is the quarterback, where it's obviously the big the biggest hole. For San Francisco. But I have the Bengals at three just because, I I mean, they lost that Super Bowl against the Rams because of that offensive line, right? They were able to overcome it against the Titans, who had a great pass rush. Chiefs had a decent one. Chris Jones, obviously, I think he's up for defensive player of the year. He's one of the finalists this year. They have, they have the ability to get to Burrow, but I think Burrow has played them enough times to feel confident that I, no matter what my O-line does, I can still win this game. 
I don't think they worry too much about the Bills. Obviously, last week, because Von Miller's injury really right. took their pass rush away from them. And I don't think they worry too much about the Chiefs. But it's the other two teams. If you get to the Super Bowl, yeah, that's when the O line. Then it's a like, problem. what the hell am I gonna do? I, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna be on my ass the entire game, like I was against the, the Rams I last year. I got Bosa's, I got Hargraves, I got you know Quinns. Pick your poison, really, between those two teams. So, I think the offensive line won't be that big of a problem this week. Right. But in that Super Bowl game, I think it could rear its ugly head. My number two team. So your number three was the Chiefs. The Chiefs. My number two, the Eagles. You were right about them. I mean, they did not Smoked. experience any kind of malaise no. from having that week off. Jalen Hurts. Dealing with the Hurts injuries for the well, past. Pristine. Did you hear what he said, too, at the end of the game? They asked him about how the shoulder felt, and he said, I don't know because I barely got hit. <laughs> like, he, how's, how did it hold up? I'll let you know next week when I actually play uh, in a football game because my jersey was as clean as it was when I took it out of the closet this right, week. I might as well wear it next week. It, it, it was just a clinic from the Eagles. And What do you think about Sirianni on the sidelines? When he was up there, like, toward the goal line for that. No, I mean, yeah, he did say, I know what the F I'm doing, and that was great. But, like, he's, like, mean mugging the camera as they're going to commercial break. And, yeah. like, they look like professional wrestlers on the sidelines. Like, I think it's great when you're winning. It can really easily look be used bad. against yeah. you when you start you're... to lose games. But he did win that he's game winning. in dominant fashion. Yeah, so, like, it's fun now. Like, and, and obviously... That's, I mean, here's the thing. That's if, a guy that personality fits the city he's coaching right. in, right? Yeah, like, you got to have an edge guy, in like... Philly. Uh, honestly, Tom, it comes down to which Brock Purdy you're going to see. Are you going to see the guy that led this team to 10 straight wins to finish the season, or are you going to see Mr. Irrelevant? I think you're going to see the Brock Purdy that's scrambling like crazy for his life because that's an impossible well, I, don't, I don't know if he—I mean, they got a good offensive— They got Trent, Trent Williams. Williams is great. But I don't know, man. That's is that still, enough? Yeah. That's still the best defensive line right. in football. So and my, on the other side, by the way, the best offensive line in football that just moves bodies down the field for Hurts in the running game. So, so for that to this point, I got the Niners at number two. And again, for the I don't even know how many straight weeks at this point, I got the Eagles at number one. My number one team is I the know who you're going Cincinnati with. Bengals. I think he's going to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't hate it. I think the Eagles and Niners are better than him. These are let's let's not get it twisted. But I think he's going to win the Super Bowl. I think he's going to upset whoever. Com- I think he's going to win this weekend, and then whoever comes out of the NFC, I think he'll be the underdog in that game. And I think he's going to up this time around. I think he's going to get the win instead of. Lose. I don't know. I think it's possible against Cincinnati or San Fran because it'd be Burrow versus Purdy. I think it's possible versus anybody with Burrow. But I'm not going to. I don't know about the anybody. Eagles' pass rush because. The Niners' defense overall is just so solid, but when you think of the Eagles up front, that's where you get. That's where you kind of have your your nightmare scenarios. I'd still pick him to beat the Eagles. I'm I, he is my pick to win the Super Bowl right now. Maybe I'll throw in a little future bet on DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever you know betting app you use to put the Bengals in as Super Bowl champions. Just seems like it's his year, right? Just seems like it's. I don't know if it's his year. It's going to be weird if he doesn't win soon, though, right? Because we have kind of crowned him. Like, we've, yeah. we've crowned him without the ring. Crowned so his ass. If we can get— As uh, that Cardinals head coach said many years ago. Want to crown him? Crown, crown his ass. ass. They are who we thought they were. He is who we think he is. But he's got to get that ring, right? To yeah. really sign on the dotted line as far as I'm the legit QB1 of the NFL. So maybe he does it this year. Maybe he doesn't. 
like you said, and like I said, I think I'm more worried about the Super Bowl for him than this weekend. Yeah. I think he's going to win this weekend. I, I agree with you. I, I think I'm going to go Chiefs. All right. Sorry, Bengals this weekend. It's just, to me, Tom, though, I, I do think the team that comes out of the NFC wins it. They, they, I think I'm at they that appear point. to be the two best teams. Well, it's not going to twist it. On paper. These four teams, these final four teams remaining, there's no, they I are the four the best, best teams. teams yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of questions going on in Buffalo right now. And the Bengals beat the Bills to get there. So right. what more could you ever want? It's as easy right. as it could possibly get for you. All right, did you miss any of our show today? Don't worry. You can download full episodes of all of our SNR podcasts, like The Drive, uh, Steelers Blitz with Wes and Motes, our show here, The Steelers Standard, and many, many more, all of them available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk a lot more about the conference championship games later on in the week when we record our next episodes on Friday. So until then, he's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman. Thanks for listening to the Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.